Hey everyone, welcome to episode number eight of the Jack Vegan Podcast. And today we're going to talk about massing. So if you are wondering how to gain muscle, what you need to do to gain muscle, or even if you should be doing a massing phase with a proper nutritional approach, then in this episode we're going to tell you everything that you need to do about massing. And as always, we got my man Josh Thompson over here to talk about massing. So what do you think of massing, man? Um, what I think of it? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, I think it's great too, man. Especially if you're think- on a contest prep diet. <laughs> of course, you're like welcoming. <laughs> Guys, when Julie talked about masking, his eyes lit up and you could like see his saliva running down his chin. He was so excited. <laughs> yeah, it, totally. I finished my, my diet for contest prep in May 24th and we're a month away right now, May 26th. I went from eating 1,600 calories to eating over 4,000. Wow. Feels like incredibly 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 amazing like my dinner right now is like almost what i was eating in a full day back in the contest how many steps do you usually get during massing still do you still aim for a certain amount uh, i usually just get between 10 and 13 a day just doing mm. my daily activities i'm, I'm not in, like purposely doing more I and just, how many were you getting when you were on a deficit around 18 15 to eighteen thousand. Yeah. but so I'm, you're pushing I, it a little harder yeah, I was pushing the steps, but I included a couple of cardio days a week just to not just to keep conditioning properly for health sure. reasons and to not get like incredibly fat. Yeah, and that's a common misconception that people have. One, massing eventually turns just as difficult as cutting does from a psychological perspective, and you have to start forcing food. So in a couple of weeks, I imagine, actually a couple of months probably, I imagine you'll experience that well as well, where you'll just be kind of done with massing. But two, it's not good to go through a massing phase. And just take a couple thousand steps every day because you're trying to conserve calories. Is for health purposes, unless you're like competing at the Olympia, then that's not really good for your blood pressure and your heart rate and your joints and things of that nature. So I would encourage, even if you're going through a massing phase, still get between seven to ten thousand steps, but compensate for that by eating whatever the additional calories you're burning are. It's going to be worth it in the future. Yeah, and you don't want to turn into like a, this giant person that, blob. Yeah, that you just cannot do anything because you're tired of going up a flight of stairs right? and just, just doing your steps and maybe including two, or two cardio sessions a week, you know, 10 to, 10 to 20 minutes. You take your, your beats per minute to like 140. That's going to keep you in, in good shape and you're going to be able to do most of your daily activities without a big effort. So it's always exactly. a good idea to include some type of cardio and, yep. and or steps in your training. Yeah, right. No, I totally agree. I couldn't support that anymore. Um, okay, so there are a few dividing constituents when deciding what type of mass phase you're going to go through because we have people all the time, almost every Instagram live that we do, we get message about it. People say, any tips on massing or what does massing look like? Really, the first question that Julie and I would need to know is how advanced are you in your training? How long have you been consistently resistance training? Because there's two different ways you can mass. One of them is more effective for somebody who's been consistently resistance training. And because of the resistance training, they're having a little bit of trouble putting on more muscle, meaning they're already relatively muscular. They have, um, you know, really good muscle development and, and basically all of their uh, muscle groups. And then there's somebody who's just a skinny individual who wants to be more muscular but hasn't spent very much time in the gym. 
both of those people should be massing differently because person A, who really needs to just have a huge calorie surplus and be slamming the gym, and then it's still going to be hard to put on muscle tissue, that's the route that they need to go is to aim to gain about 0.5% of their body weight per week. So if I'm a 200-pound individual, I would want to gain about a pound a week um, and some of that will be from fat, some of that will be from muscle, but that's the most effective way to put on muscle tissue. And then you have the person that really hasn't spent that much time in the gym. They're just a skinny individual overall. Then they really need to only focus on a couple things, hitting their maintenance calories, getting their protein and training consistently. If they're doing those three things, then they're just going to explode with muscle growth. Depending on their genetics, there will be some people that have a little bit more poor genetics, but your diet just doesn't matter as much if you're new to training because any new stimulus is going to cause a rapid growth in muscle tissue. Yes. When, when you're new, it, everything is awesome in the gym. Whatever you do is going to get your results. Obviously, you want to get the best results. So you want to set everything up so that you actually take advantage of those newbie gains, uh, the way they're called, and uh, reap the most out of them. But basically, you can even, I've seen this happen, you can even be in, in, a, in a diet for fat loss in a calorie deficit, and you end up losing fat and putting on muscle at the same time, because the stimulus is so, so new to you that your body will just react. And it'll be like, holy crap, what is all this happening? You gotta, gotta start gaining muscle if I want to continue to do this, this activities that this person just introduced. Yeah, so and that's exactly, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That's exactly right. And from an application standpoint, picture somebody who is consistently, like let's say they compete in track um, in college. Okay, let's say they run the mile and their mile time is gonna be about four minutes depending on what level of track they are. It's gonna be very difficult for them to cut that mile time down because they've been doing it for so long. But if you take somebody who is um, a relatively overweight person and you have them run a mile three or four times a week um, and you kind of manipulate their training a little bit, within a month, they're going to cut down their mile by like three or four minutes just because you're introducing a new stimulus. The same thing applies to resistance training. Your gains are just going to vastly increase. You're going to get way stronger, relatively quicker. So there's just not a whole lot of necessity to manipulate all of your variables aside from protein, um, some calorie focus and training consistently. Exactly. So you can be a maintenance and you can be reaping the rewards of, of muscle gain. Now, I do believe that Probably we could say that if, if you take person A, person B, they're, they're the same, like they're twins, like very similar metabolism, very similar anything. They're doing the same amount of training and you put them through the same program and person A is in the maintenance and person B is in a calorie surplus and they're new to training. I Don't you think that person B will get a little bit more gains than person A? Yeah, that's a good point. To, I, I understand the logic to a certain degree, to a certain perspective, but in addition to, let's say they gain a half a percent more muscle tissue because of the calorie surplus they're in, they might also gain three or 4% more fat. And so it's just, to me, not worth it because you're going to put on almost the same amount of systemic muscle tissue um, as person A would, but person A is going to, after that brief mass period is going to look way better because they're going to be significantly leaner and they're not going to put on the extra fat that you're referring to. And so to me, just in the beginning of your training, four to six months, whatever, however long it is, 
just slam the weights and hit them, hit them really hard and be really consistent and hit your protein and try to get, you know, roughly maintenance calories. And that's going to be totally sufficient, especially because you don't want to be worried about a bunch of nuanced details um, that just aren't going to be as important. But also that being said, you would not be flawed if you were in a calorie surplus at the beginning of your training either. That's not a wrong way to do it. I just don't know that from my perspective, it's optimal uh, to maintain body composition. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're going to like either way, you're going to experience really, really good gains when you're new to training. And if you're someone who's like overly concerned about, you know, I don't want to gain almost any fat, then it's better that you're maintenance calories. And if you want to just maximize muscle gain, and you don't really care about gaining a little bit of fat, then you can just put yourself in a caloric surplus. Well, and to those people, there's one concern you need to worry about. Let's say you're looking at their year long training and you put them in a mass at the beginning of their training mm-hmm. when they're new to, when they're new to lifting, that means they might go through six months of um, a calorie surplus or five months of a calorie surplus. What do they do after that five or six months? I, you're not going to have them in a calorie surplus for an entire year because that's no, not very good for them. Exactly. So maintenance. right. When you want to incorporate the surplus is after they've been at maintenance calories for a long time, after they put on a bunch of muscle tissue, and then you can put them in a calorie surplus because that's, what's going to be the new stimulus that they require in order to keep putting on muscle tissue. So after a year of training, I think the person that hasn't been through a uh, surplus in the beginning is actually going to see more results because you'll be able to f- properly incorporate their surplus of calories. Yeah, and that actually sounds like a like a really good plan. Now, the the one thing that I that I would say might be a concern to most people is that a lot of people want to see progress very visually with data, right? Mm-hmm. And if someone like if you get a, a client who is you know skinny maybe and wants to put on weight, wants to put on muscle and he or she doesn't see that weight number go up a lot. I think they would, they would might get discouraged because they would think that they're not making any progress because oh. in, in a lot of cases I've seen, you know, I've had clients that are, that are skinny and they want to gain muscle and they tell me my main goal is to put on weight. So that's the only, the only thing that I would say it's not as practical because it might demotivate people that are really concerned mm. about putting on body weight. Yeah, it's like a Dave Ramsey approach. Like he wants to attack small. Do you know who Dave Ramsey is? Yep. He same thing. He thinks that which I, there's some merit to this. He thinks that the, the visual effect of paying off small debts first will encourage you to keep making gains in the future, and that makes sense to me. But I think at that point you really have to encourage people to understand the difference between weight gain and muscle gain because they're not synonymous. And so if I'm if I have a client, um, and we had what Miles for instance is a great example. Uh, who really wants to put on muscle and they they think that they really want to put on weight on the scale, but that doesn't necessarily translate. It's not really the same thing. So that's why doing monthly picture updates, checking progress in the gym is going to be ultimately the best proxy because I remember after three months of training miles, um, he, he hadn't seen a whole lot of weight gain. He was like relatively, I think he was the exact same in weight, but the difference yeah. in his picture was so astounding that it was obvious he was making the, the changes that he needed to. Yeah. And uh, I think the also the thing about this approach is that it applies to, if you're not someone who's overly overweight, then it applies to you as well. If you're looking to, to shred some body fat, again, if you're not overly overweight, obese, 
you're obese, then you obviously got to start with with a, a fat loss diet and a calorie deficit. But if you're someone who's, you know, relatively lean, 15 to 20 percent as a male, between 20 and 30 percent as a female, starting on maintenance will be great because you get a you'll get a ton of body recomposition. And if you're not used to lifting, if you're not used to lifting, this is like for people who are new to both training and, and eating properly. If you're completely new, you're going to get a ton of benefits at the beginning from doing things properly. After a while, it's going to stop working and you're going to have to get a little, not a little, a lot more uh, nuanced about your approach towards what you want to do with your body composition. Yeah. And take, oh my goodness, take advantage of being a beginner. You are going to see changes faster than you ever will in your career. Let me give you an example. Right now, we're kind of training Julian for his next show. And we need for him to gain some muscle and different parts of his upper body. And it's going to be a freaking pain in the butt just to put on a pound or two pounds of muscle over the course of the next year of training. That's going to be very difficult for him because he's been training for so long. You're going to gain a pound or two of muscle in like a month. And it's just going to pack on if you're training really hard as a beginner. So take advantage of this time. Go hit the gym and just see what awesome results come from it in the first few weeks of your training. It's going to be great. Yeah, if you have questions about like what, how many calories you're eating every single day, you can go to our website, jackvegans.com, and we have a diet generator right there. It's going to tell you how many you should be eating. And you eat those calories and you focus on training hard, getting stronger in the gym over time, you're going to see great, great, great results. Anything else you want to add to this, my man? No, that's pretty much it. I'm excited for people to hit the gym and let us know how your results are. Yes. And if you oh, want one more uh, thing, I do want to add ahead. something. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, when you hit the gym, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Mainly do compound movements. I want to emphasize that almost anytime we say hit the gym, focus on your technique in the beginning, an entire range of motion, compound movements. Julie and I will eventually do a podcast on what the best exercises for muscle growth are. Yeah. And I'll be soon putting out uh, YouTube videos as showing you the way I train, how I hit my training sessions, and you'll see the technique, the exercise selection. You shouldn't mimic or replicate my training because I'm training for very specific purposes, but look at the way I approach it, look at the exercises I I do, and then select exercises that are similar because they're going to help you uh, hit the biggest muscle groups and get the most out of your training. Right. Boom. That's it for this episode. If you want our help with uh, fitness goals, you want to gain muscle, shred fat, get fit, get healthier, we can help you do that. All you got to do is click on the link in the description below and basically book a free consultation call with either myself or someone from the team. We'll get on the phone with you and we'll see if and how we can help you with your goals. And if we can, we'll let you know about next steps. And if we cannot help you, we'll politely let you know when we'll try to recommend something or someone else. That is it for this episode. Thank you for listening and I'll see you all next time. Later.